Welcome to another episode of Podcast Here. This is season two, um, episode 16 overall. I wasn't really sure how to number it, so we're going with it for now. Might change that later. (laughs) Um, This little break was so necessary for me. Um, I appreciate y'all's patience. It really was so hard for me to come back from the trail. Uh, And I know probably a lot of people (laughs) went through this as well um, at the end of their through hikes. Freelancing probably also did not make that transition any easier, but it was a real process to just figure out how to live again and how to take the things that I learned on trail and bring them back with me and I don't know just to stay in a mental place that was good and not fall back into my old depression routines and let my anxiety get back to me and let the stress of money take over which has happened a couple of times um but yeah I appreciate y'all still being here after my break and I'm so excited to dive into all these new interviews with you and talk to all these hikers and adventurers um I'm still looking for more people to interview I'm always looking for people to interview so if you're ever interested just reach out to me via the social media that I'll list at the end of this episode this week I am talking to Shutterbug I found Shutterbug on Instagram she is so cool Um, She is a wilderness therapy guide, and she is the first person I've ever talked to that has that job, (laughs) and I am so interested in it. I thought it was really cool. I think it's a great transition for life after trail for some people, so I'm really excited for you guys to hear about her experiences with that. We also talk in this episode about mourning someone on the trail and coming home after a through hike. At the end of this episode, I'll give you a little life update from me. Um, I also will probably write a blog post about that little life update this weekend, Um, but I have some big news, so stay tuned at the end of this interview, and I'll tell you guys all about it. I also just want to preface this episode with a little message. I recorded this episode while I was still living in North Carolina. My apartment had both a sump pump and an HVAC system and it did not come out as great sound quality as I wanted to. I tried to remove some of the background noise but it just was not happening. Um, So bear with me. I'm pretty positive this is the only episode this season that will be like that. The interview is really great. I do want you to hear it. Try to keep that in mind. (laughs) Truly without further ado here is Shutterbug's interview. Uh, well, I'm Kirsten, and my trail name is Shutterbug, because I carried a two-pound camera on the Appalachian Trail, <laughs> and <laughs> I currently do a lot of things outdoors. I work outdoors, so like eight days of my life are spent outside, and then I'm home for six days, and then I work outside eight days again. What was your favorite thing that like wasn't the AT? Or could you pick a favorite? I don't know. I don't think I could pick a favorite. <laughs> um, 
know, I've traveled so much. I think my favorite would definitely be my job that I have right now in wilderness therapy. Wow. Okay. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to me about why you decided to do the AT and also why you decided to carry your two-pound camera. Okay. So in 1980, my dad hiked AT. Oh. And yeah. And so growing up, I always knew what the AT was, sort of. Like I didn't understand everything about it. I just knew it was this really long hike along the country. And decided at, like, age five that I was going to do it someday. And then I wound up going to Trail Days. I forget which year it was. I think it was, it was the year before I did the AT, so 2016. And I had this plan. I was, like, going to go to college and be a professor and, like, go on furlough to do the AT. <laughs> then I met this family of, like, you were, like, seven or nine people, like all of their kids, and they told me not to wait. So I decided to hike the trail after I graduated college and like not go to grad school yet. But the year before I did it, my brother beat me to it and hiked the AT. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So, yeah. (laughs) I guess it's just part of my family. Yeah, for real. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, I went to college for photography. Oh, cool. So there was no way I wasn't going to bring a camera Mm. or take, like, really awesome pictures that weren't with my phone. Mm -hmm. So I I had to. (laughs) (laughs) I totally understand that. Everybody has their thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I carried some weird shit. Totally. I carried a frying (laughs) pan for a while. It was worth it. (laughs) (laughs) um cool cool so did you end up going like I mean obviously you're not a professor (laughs) (laughs) um yeah I guess let's delve into your trail experience before I ask you about your post trail experience I'm really honestly actually you know what let's just let's just go for it I'm really interested in like what you did when you got home from trail like how the past couple of years have sort of unfolded for you um, so, when, I, I wound up getting Lyme disease on the trail, oh, and no. went home to New York for a month, and, like, that one month I was sitting home, I was like, oh, my God, I need to find a job where I'm outside, I can't sit in a house or, like, in an office all day, every day. Yeah, that's I remember my mom was like, good luck with that! Like... <laughs> 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 I don't know what you're going to do after the AT, but good luck finding an outdoor job. Oh, man. And so then I, like, finished hiking most of the AT, came home, like, two days before Thanksgiving, and my mom had planned a trip to Hawaii, so we went to Hawaii, and then it was the holidays, and then it was, like, the end of January, and I was like, what am I going to do now? (laughs) My whole, like, the past year was just all planned out and then I had nothing to do so then I also realized like on the hike of that I did knife when I did knife edge I was like wow if I fell off the cliff here I wouldn't know what to do so when I was home for those couple months after the trail I decided to go take my worker class like wilderness first responder so I drove to North Carolina to the NOC and took that class 
and then fell in love with North Carolina all over again and was like, I need to figure out how I can move here. <laughs> yeah, I loved so, North Carolina when I came through on trail. I'm so glad I ended up being able to come back here. Yeah. Yeah, so I wound up, I was, like, watching Survivor in the middle of the night, <laughs> and one of the people, like, you know how it pops up with their career, their job, or whatever? Yeah. It popped up and said wilderness therapy instructor or something like that, so I'm like, huh, therapy and wilderness, I didn't know that was a thing, so I, like, started researching it, and, well, you know, there's, like, three or four companies down here in North Carolina that do wilderness therapy. Yeah. So at like midnight, I applied to the company I work for now, and by six in the morning, had an email saying, "Oh yeah, come down for an interview. We're doing interviews for summer." Wow. And so, yeah, and the interview was like, you go for a weekend and camp out, and then you find out if you got the job like two days later, and then you can start training pretty much right away. So I packed up like all the necessities that I would need for the next few months Mm -hmm. into my car and drove to North Carolina, hoping that I would get the job after the interview. And luckily I did. And I like found an apartment within a week and I've been here ever since. (laughs) Wow. That's incredible, dude. That really, wow. Awesome. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I really wish I knew about wilderness therapy earlier um I think I really would have benefited from it in college but I didn't know it existed (laughs) um yeah yeah. it's amazing though that you're getting to do that now do you I mean you seem like you really love your job is there anything about it that's not great I mean (laughs) I would imagine you get really tired by the eighth day (laughs) oh yeah yeah I mean like so we have different groups for the different kids we get. So there's, like, a two teenage girl groups, a couple teenage boy groups, and, like, the little kid group. So while you're, like, trying to figure out which group works the best for you, it's really exhausting because mm. you might be in a group you don't necessarily like for, like, a week. Mm. But I tend to go towards, like, super little kid groups. 10 to 14 year olds because you can just be really goofy and they love the woods <laughs> yeah yeah compared to the teenagers who are just like oh my god it's raining Do yeah to hike? <laughs> <laughs> totally I can definitely see that oh wow that's really cool though um what did you like I don't know I guess sort of talk about what you're entitled what your job entails <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know what wilderness therapy is so, basically, we work with a lot of kids who either, like, hadn't gone to school for a while or got kicked out, and they're, like, a lot of these kids, they're, like, addicted to their phones, their Instagram and all of that, and so they get sent to our program, and we work the eight-day shifts, and we hike with the kids and meet with their therapists on Wednesdays to get all their outcomes for the week and just work with the kids, like, teaching them how to express their feelings in a way that they can be heard because a lot of the kids just don't know how to express themselves and, like, they're feeling all these feelings. They just don't know how to get them out in an appropriate way. Mm. 
so it's really taxing work, but like seeing a kid on their first day and then seeing them at graduation and how much they change and like how much of a better person they've become is it just makes it worth it. Yeah, that must be an incredible feeling. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Is it only seasonal? Like, do you only work in the summer, or do you work all nope, year? we work all year round. Even in the winter? Yep. Wow, that's great. Yeah, it got cold. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I was on trail in North Carolina in February, and I was just, like, unprepared. <laughs> and it was real fucking cold. <laughs> I was like, I'm from Maine. It's not cold in the south. I don't need stuff. <laughs> And then I got here and I was like, this is the worst mistake I've ever made. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've all had those nights where you like slept in a trash bag or whatever. <laughs> wow. That's great. Um, so talk to me about your, did you like talk to your dad about hiking before you left? Um, I, so he knew I was going to do it. Um, but then Right after my brother hiked the AT, he passed away, so it was like two months before I was going to start the AT, my dad passed away, but I knew, like, it was such a big part of his life, he wouldn't want me to stop and, like, put that on hold any longer. He would want me to keep hiking. I feel like the trail is also the best possible place to mourn somebody. Yeah, for sure, (laughs) because you can just walk. Yeah. on the trail and just stop and cry in the forest and yeah. it's, I don't know it's like a magical experience yeah I mean mother nature is there for you <laughs> yeah <laughs> for real wow do you think it affected you mentally in any way on your hike I mean aside from I mean obviously you like mourned and stuff do you think it was like an Im- impediment at all I think it actually brought me, like, even though my dad wasn't physically there, I think it brought me closer to him. Mm. Understanding, like, what he went know, there's through. There's so many things that happened that, like, it just was, like, too coincidental. Like, <laughs> there was no way it was just out of, like, randomly happening. Like, I, uh, that first day I hiked, there was this one, like, bridge that went across a creek. And the year before, when my brother had hiked, I'd gone for the first week with him, and so did my dad. And we, I'd gotten this really awesome photograph of my dad crossing this creek, and, like, it was part of my senior thesis show. And I really wanted a picture of myself going across that creek, but I hadn't seen anyone in, like, an hour aching, so I was, like, really upset and trying to figure out how I was going to just stand my phone or my camera up. Mm-hmm. And then there's a guy that comes running down the trail. He's like, oh, I forgot my phone at the last shelter. And I was like, oh, did you take a picture of me before you go? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I didn't see anyone else for another hour after that. Wow. But I just happened to see this guy while I wanted to take a picture. Like, wow. Yeah. The trail Stuff provides. Like that happened all the time. Yeah. That's so magical. Yeah. Wow. Like, what was your most profound experience during your thru-hike? Can you think of one? <laughs> I know, it's a really loaded There's question. We can many. definitely circle back. I had, like, 20 answers to that question in my head. Because <laughs> I just feel like you go through so much, and it's so different, too, because I don't even know how long ago I finished hiking. What, like, eight months ago? I feel mm-hmm. like I'm still processing, and I... 
now that I've started like writing out my story and how I feel about it and doing all of that, it feels like I'm going to be processing this for years. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I'm not ever going to be able to write this book all the way through because my, like, even just since I got home eight months ago, my perspectives have already started to change and I already feel like, okay, I'm starting to become a new person again. Yeah. Do you feel like that? Yeah, for sure. It's like yeah, I've been working on a photography book for two years now. Yeah. <laughs> like I just keep changing it because I don't like I don't know. I just keep looking back at it and like there's parts of the trail that were so important to me that now there's other parts that I look back and they're even more important. Yeah. Like there's things that I've forgotten happened. And then I went back mm-hmm. through my photos while I was writing, and I was like, oh, my God, that happened. That's so important. But right? in my head when I was standing on Katahdin, like, that moment meant nothing, you know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, wow. How did you – so there was this moment for me on Mount Washington, I guess probably because I'm from there, but it was like, I know I can finish now, and I feel like I've finally become the person I need to be, and this is the moment for me. Did you have a moment like that? Uh, yeah. Mine would also be in the lights. Yeah? When, yeah, so, before the AT, I've been in this, like, three-year relationship with a guy who was, like, way too codependent, and I felt like I couldn't leave because... Mm. wasn't I didn't know what he was gonna do and he came to visit me at trail days and like everything was really shitty mm. and then like two weeks later I broke up with him and like just did everything for me and I didn't have to worry about talking to him all the time and like letting him know where I was or mm. anything but it wasn't until like the whites when there was this one night where I it was like the first night I camped by myself ever on trail and I was like like any other day before I started the AT the thought of camping by myself like miles away from the nearest person would have scared the shit out of me oh my god same (laughs) (laughs) yeah but like this one night I think yeah it was the wildcats I remember I was like I couldn't make it all the way to a hut so I was like self camping on the side and like knew I was nowhere near any of these other people, but it was so beautiful, and I was, like, not scared one bit. That's like, this is where I belong. Yeah. Yeah. That feeling of, like, being at home. Yeah. But you're not it, obviously, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I love that feeling. Like, I wasn't scared of anything. Yeah. That's amazing. That's such a breakthrough, too. Yeah. Wow. Did you have, like, a trampoline? Yeah. So, I had... In the beginning, I had met this person, like, through Instagram. She wrote for the trek just like I did, and we wound up meeting up in real life. Mm-hmm. Then we, like, met up with a couple other people from the trek, so for a few days, we hiked together, and then it wasn't until, like, right before Hot Springs, when, like, through the Smokies, right before Hot Springs, when, like, my trail started getting bigger. And by the time we went to Irwin with Miss Janet, with her, like, 12 of us, <laughs> like, we hiked together up until Parisburg. Yeah. Wow. We hiked together until Parisburg. 
Wow. And then some of us wound up getting Noro. We <laughs> had to stay in town, and the rest, some people skipped ahead, and then the rest did their own thing. So that's where we all basically broke up, but mm. it was really fun for a while there. Yeah, that's awesome. What was your experience like blogging while hiking? I did the same thing, but I feel like uh, I did not execute it as in, I don't know. I got halfway through and realized I should not have done daily blogs. It was the worst idea I ever had in my life because I spent like <laughs> half the time I was hiking, like playing catch up on my blog. <laughs> um, but yeah, what are your recommendations for someone who wants to blog while they're on trail? For me, like I would just take so many pictures, like pictures of everything. Although I still feel like I should have taken more. <laughs> and then you just, like, I, um, I would only blog, like, maybe once a month or once every other month. It wasn't, but I would, like, do, like, a catch-up post. Mm-hmm. And I would just go through my pictures and, like, pick out the most important things from that time period and write about them. That's perfect. It's a lot easier than, like, remembering day-by-day stuff if you get behind Oh my god, totally. Also, it just is not <laughs> nearly as time-consuming, and yeah, I think also, I mean, at that point in my life, I didn't really know how to, like, let go, or, like, I guess not give up on something, but just know when to stop, or, like, know when to quit. Mm-hmm. I did not yeah. know when to quit. I could not, like, I don't know, once I was that deep in it, like, reading a book that you don't like. Like, I would just completely finish the book. I would never stop reading it. And I just forced myself for so long to do those daily blogs. And then by the time I got home, I'd, like, you know, had enough personal development on trail to realize that, like, I don't really need to be doing this. Uh, (laughs) But I was already, like, I literally had from the whites to Katahdin left. And I was like, I'll just fucking finish it at this point. Uh, (laughs) But... Yeah, at that point, I was really like, I should write a blog about how to blog while you're on trail and how to not put so much pressure on yourself for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because everybody else I've talked to that blogged the whole trail, everyone was like, wow, yeah, you're crazy. I don't know why you... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why you would do that. Yeah, the other thing I did was, like, every few days would just post a picture on Instagram for people who were following me so they wouldn't think I was, like lost in a ditch somewhere yeah <laughs> and like that seemed to get people to be like oh okay like she's still there and i have to bug her to like post another blog post <laughs> yeah exactly and that's the thing like i had so many people following me on instagram i don't know why i was putting so much pressure on it right <laughs> like i knew people were reading the blogs but it's not like i had like three thousand followers it's like i don't know a couple hundred people <laughs> like it's not a big deal <laughs> so funny yeah and like the things you learn in that sense that you can transfer back to the real world are just my favorite Mm -hmm. just like the coping skills are the things that are like oh yeah that's not worth my energy anymore yeah like I don't think I ever could have let go of some of the things I did when I came home just saying like that's not worth my energy anymore before Mm -hmm. I had started like there's just no way Yep. Um, are there any really relevant things that you learned on trail that you brought back to the real world with you? Yeah, basically, 
except the things you cannot change. <laughs> yeah. I can't tell you how many times I would plan out my day and then something would happen. Like I'd run into a friend I hadn't seen in miles or there'd be a freak thunderstorm that wasn't supposed to happen or like mm-hmm. so many other things and my plans would just get destroyed. <laughs> yeah. So like basically just not to get your hopes up necessarily on the little things. Yeah. Because you're just going to wind up having to deal with change and it's better to accept it it's easier to accept it if you know it's a possibility yeah yeah exactly water off a duck's back (laughs) (laughs) i think there's so many things that i at one point in my life would have just freaked out about that now it's just like well it's happening so what you do about it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, I I was driving down to North Carolina from Maine. My car was, like, completely full. I was moving in with my boyfriend and his mom. And it was just, you know, not the position I really wanted to be in, but whatever. <laughs> uh, my cat was with me, and she was, like, really car sick. And we were in traffic on the highway, and this lady rear-ended me. And <sighs> in... My previous life, I would have immediately parked the car, got out, and just started screaming at this lady. But I (laughs) saw her face in my rearview mirror, (laughs) and you could literally see her mouthing the words, oh, shit. (laughs) And, like, it wasn't a hard hit. Like, we were going, like, five miles an hour. Like, she scratched my bumper. I knew there wasn't damage because she didn't push me or anything, but I also knew she hit me. But I was like, there's no damage, I'm pretty sure. I, like, took down her license plate number just from what I could see in my rearview mirror. I didn't, like, I just didn't want to... I was already going through so much by, like, moving in with my boyfriend's parents and, like, leaving my parents' house and just having finished trail and all this stuff, like, not having a job and just, you know, there's just so much going on. And I just sat there and I was like, this isn't worth it. And I just drove away and everything (laughs) was fine. And I got home and I looked at my bumper and I was like oh it's fine like it's a scratch who cares and I just know in my previous life I would have flipped my lid and you know that poor lady like she obviously didn't mean to do it she obviously was like also freaking out and felt really bad and it would be cheaper for her to just go and fix if she had her own damage and me if I had my Mm -hmm. own damage than it would be to even deal with insurance and being on the side about busy highway and all that but I totally attribute my experience on trail for letting me just let that go. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, chores, too. Chores are so much easier now. I just automatically make my bed because I'm so used to just, like, you know, shoving it in your stuff. Packing up in the morning. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's It's so interesting. It's weird, too. Like, I don't know. I got home and realized. Did you get home and realize how much stuff you had? Yes. I had way too much stuff. I just came home and just purged. Yep. Especially when I moved to North Carolina and had to move all my stuff out of my childhood bedroom. Yeah. Got rid of so much stuff. (laughs) I was going through my parents' barn and I found... Well, first of all, I went through all my clothes. I had no idea I had so much clothing or why I had so much clothing. (laughs) I think that is like the perfect... Uh, 
tangible thing to represent the insecurity I had before trail about like my appearance and my body and stuff just how much clothing I was buying for no reason like not clothes I needed just because they were like whatever I think this will make me feel better (laughs) and like standing in the barn and realizing that at that moment when I looked at all my clothes I was just like wow I overcame something (laughs) but I threw I like brought I swear to you, you know, like, the big, like, the kitchen-sized trash bags? Yeah. I filled five of those with just T-shirts. Oh, my gosh. And then, <laughs> like, four of them with regular clothes. It was insane. That's crazy. <laughs> I could not believe it. But I am, at this moment, kind of glad I kept some of my clothes from college. Well, I kept everything. Like, I literally had never given away clothes. I think, like, once I gave away clothes. But I found this whole box from my freshman year of college, and I would lost 50 pounds on trail. And so when I got home, I had, like, no clothes. Like, they were all too big for me. And I found this college box of clothes, and I was like, well, this will do. And I've bought, like, maybe three things since then that were just, like, stuff that I didn't have. And, yeah, I don't know. At least I saved some money, right? <laughs> Yeah. I just can't believe, like, I don't know how I fit all that in my college dorm room, you know? Yeah, especially with, like, the tiny, tiny closets. Yeah, and, like, my poor parents had to, like, help me move all that stuff in, and, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Sometimes I say things like that, like, the discoveries I've made about myself, like, I don't know, just silly shit that I used to do. And my parents are like, oh, thank God you realize it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, wow. So how long have you been in North Carolina now then? A little bit over a year. Okay. Since last March. Wow. Yeah. You live like near Asheville, right? Yep, like Asheville. Are you going to Trail Days? I... Don't know yet. Are you working? <laughs> I have a show that I'm going to that Saturday night. Mm. And it's like a four-hour drive, I think, to Damascus. So, like, theoretically, I totally could just leave Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely going. Yeah. I also really... Oh, this will be the first year in, like, three years that I wouldn't have gone. Wow. Yeah. I've never been. What? Yeah, I didn't go during my through hike because, I don't know, I was just, (laughs) so before I left, obviously I'm from Mount Washington Valley and there's like a lot of people who have hiked the trail there, and I knew this girl who had hiked. She, um sort of just like sat me down and sort of you know gave me the lowdown like looked at my gear and just talked to me I guess to calm my nerves because like she didn't give me any advice really and she didn't tell me to ditch any of my gear and like 90% of my gear I ended up ditching and probably should have way earlier (laughs) um but she definitely was like well that's not the gear I'd use but if it works for you it's fine (laughs) you know (laughs) Uh, but she told me about her trail days experience and it was just the way that she made it sound, which I didn't realize that I would 
like have a choice in how I spent my trail days. I just assumed like, you know, everybody does all the same things. But she was saying about like how much she partied and stuff at trail days and just how many people were there and how like crazy tent city was and everything. And in my mind on like when I was on the trail, I went out on the trail to like get off my antidepressants and just lose the weight that I gained on them and just become the person that I needed to be that wasn't a bullshit bitch which was what I was (laughs) and so in my mind I was like well that experience of trail days is not gonna help my through hike like it's not going to help me achieve my end goal so I didn't go and I'm like not regretting that decision at all because while I was on I was in Virginia like the Shenandoahs when Mm -hmm. trail days was going on and there was nobody out there there was like oh that's awesome (laughs) two section hikers that's it and some guy who quote-unquote lives on the trail (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it was it was really nice to just have that solitude for a few days like it was just me my friend and like some section hikers (laughs) and yeah I don't regret that decision at all but I'm excited to go this year and like see everybody and everything and I yeah really cool yeah yeah I like destroyed my pack when I was hiking like it's just dead now and it's from Osprey (laughs) and I've been wanting to get it fixed but I'm too lazy to like figure out how to mail it in so I'm just gonna go to their booth that day (laughs) I hope they can like actually repair it and not just replace it Mm-hmm. I don't know. It still smells. I like it. <laughs> like, I washed it. It doesn't smell that bad. But, you know, it's just like it's that. It's yours. You broke it in, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I yeah. guess I wouldn't be mad if, if I got a new one. But <laughs> uh, So, you obviously weren't an ultralight through hiker. <laughs> well, I guess I sort of was. I had, like, the hyperlight pack. Z-Pax tent and, like, a Z-Pax sleeping bag. So, like, my main gear was definitely ultralight. Oh, wow, yeah. But that was only so that I could carry two pounds of camera gear. (laughs) (laughs) How many lenses did you bring? Um, at first I carried two lenses, my camera body, an iPad so I could edit photos. (laughs) <laughs> and like one of the biggest charging blocks that Anchor makes. <laughs> mm. I'm trying to think. Also, was gonna bring a GoPro, but decided at the last minute not to. Um, which, looking back, it still would have been cool because they don't weigh that much. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> would have brought it if I was already bringing all that other stuff. Yeah. Did you decide? Yeah, and I had like six memory cards. Mm. extra batteries i had this really cool thing it's like this clip you put on your shoulder strap and then you screw this thing into the bottom of your camera and it just locks into that thing on the shoulder strap oh so yeah you don't i've have seen to those carry. yeah it's so handy yeah otherwise if your camera's in your backpack you're never going to use it yeah totally yeah that clip would be worth every ounce mm-hmm. definitely do you think now, like, you'd go with a mirrorless camera if you were going to thru-hike again? Oh, I did go with a mirrorless camera. Oh, you did? And it was still <laughs> two pounds? Girl. Yeah, it's just the lens. Like, the actual body weighs practically nothing, but mm. I wanted to bring a lens that, like, 
I could use for portraits, but then also for landscapes. Yeah. So I got one of the Zoom ones, and it's heavy. <laughs> yeah, those are heavy. And then the second lens is this, like, super wide angle that I use for night shots of, like, the Milky Way. Oh, wow. Yeah, they came out pretty cool. <laughs> That's amazing. Ah, oh, wow. Yeah, I... I sold my camera for trail money, um, but it, oh, no. it was pretty old, uh, and I really, I really was wanting a mirrorless camera anyway. So I was like, "Well, now's the time to sell it." And mm-hmm. then I got home and realized how much mirrorless cameras were, and I was like, "I really wish I just kept <laughs> it," because now I wish I had a camera. You know, mm-hmm. like maybe I wasn't gonna use it for the six months of my through hike, but I could have used it for the rest <laughs> of my life. <laughs> but it was it was getting really old and it was it was very ugh. it wasn't even that great of a camera i mean it was a canon t3i it's not like it was oh yeah it wasn't professional it was just enough for what i needed in college and like doing social media marketing back then and stuff like that but it wasn't i don't know i still miss it man still miss it i really thought about getting another film camera just to fuck around with just because they're so much cheaper <laughs> Yeah. But then I realized... Oh, yeah, that was the other camera I was going to bring. My dad, in his 1983, I carried a film camera, so I was going to bring that same one. Oh, that, that would have been so another, like, four pounds. Cool. <laughs> oh, man, that would be so sick, though. That would be really heavy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, like, protecting film rolls and making sure you're not fucking them up is annoying. Yep. Like, you actually have to worry about it. That's the thing I thought about going back to film photography, but then I was like, uh, well, I'm not in college anymore, so I don't have access to the free dark room. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't want to build one in my closet. That is more money than necessary. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to move it every three months every time I move. That's just not going to (laughs) happen. But And then I started getting into audio equipment, so I was like, well, this seems like the route I should go. It's just working out. I don't know. It's interesting, like, how, I don't know, maybe it's just, like, my personality, but I find it so much easier to get into creative, like, different creative mediums than I ever thought it was going to be. Like, I thought podcasting was so complicated and scary, and then I decided on trail that I was just going to do it just because I I was like, I can't not, I can't not try. And, oh, excuse me. I'm burping. Um, it was just so much easier than I expected. And I'm like, why did I not do this earlier? So now every time I think something's like super complicated or hard as far as like creative stuff, I'm like, well, let's just try to learn it. And it's always just like, yeah, it's not that hard. I mean, editing video and editing photos, I still I still have a hard time with. But I think that's just like long term practice learning kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Do you have any like really hilarious trail stories that you can think of oh my god so many (laughs) (laughs) i knew you'd say that (laughs) so many so i got this like secondary trail name called town tumbles because up until like almost halfway through north carolina i made it that far without falling on trail wow but I had fallen, like, ten times in, like, town. <laughs> um, and there was this one time <laughs> I was, like, at Miss Janet's house, 
with a bunch of friends and like family and we were all getting ready to black pack and I was like walking to the bus and like we had spent I think it was like four days in Irwin and everyone kept saying like oh you're gonna fall you're gonna fall and I hadn't fallen yet and I had made it like four days and then I just fell face first onto the concrete oh. <laughs> one step before getting on the bus <laughs> that's so bad that's so funny yeah wow and you're like right about to leave that's hilarious yep oh my gosh what was it like spending time with miss janet oh i loved it it was so fun she's the most amazing charlie angel i never uh, got to like personally meet her (laughs) (laughs) yeah she i don't know what it is but somehow she always knew where i was on trail like even through the smokies where i didn't have service and i wasn't posting anything like i remember coming out of the smokies there's this little side road before you start going up the hill towards standing there again and she was just like chilling there yeah (laughs) i was like wait (laughs) what this is like the fourth or fifth time since i started the at where i just come across a road crossing and you're here miss janet like how did you know (laughs) she's so magical that's great yeah i guess when you've been doing it so long you can like sort of predict the bubble huh Mm -hmm. well so on trail i met Miles, he's my boyfriend, um, mm-hmm. and we, like, started dating on trail, and there was this one day, I was just kind of having a crappy day, and I, like, I guess I kind of chewed him out that morning, I was just pissed off, <laughs> and <laughs> my favorite thing on trail was, like, Gatorade, coffee, anything cinnamon, and, like, Cheetos, <laughs> those are, and gummy bears, and... I just remember I was just having such a shitty morning, and I think, like, a lot of it, I had just, a lot of the grump, I had really just put on myself and just couldn't get myself out of it for some reason, and he apparently was walking, and he came to a highway crossing, and Miss Janet was apparently driving by, saw him, (laughs) rolled down her window, pulled over, and, like, barely stopped just to give him a Gatorade, and he said, my girlfriend's yep. ahead of me and having a really bad day. Would it be okay if I have two? And she was like, of course, and gave him three <laughs> and then just drove Aww. off. <laughs> <laughs> and they were red, too, which is, like, my favorite kind. And he caught up to me and gave me one, and he was like, they're from Miss Janet. She's like a unicorn. <laughs> I loved talking to Shutterbug about life after trail. It's so interesting to me how little we talk about it I think more and more now it's being talked about on social media but overall I think a lot of us like to hide when we get home from trail and just not talk about it sometimes we're not ready um sometimes it it takes some processing but I think it's so important to continue having these conversations um because everybody's return home is different and it's hard for all of us so I hope to continue those conversations in the future, and I'm planning on doing a mini-series about it, so if any of you are interested in being interviewed only about your experience of your life after the trail, let me know, and I would love to feature you on that episode. (sighs) Okay, so, life news. Um, I realized pretty quickly at the end of my lease in North Carolina that ended on July 31st that... I was not going to have enough money to move into the van right away. Um, 
it's taking me longer to build my freelancing gigs than I had originally anticipated. And I also have not had stability in my life, like lived in the same place for more than nine months since I left for college, I guess. Um, And it's been making it hard for me to figure things out. I literally do not have a daily routine at all. Uh, It's driving me nuts. And I just really want to experience that. And I started to have that in North Carolina and I really liked it there, especially in the winter. Um, My current plan is to get another apartment there and attempt van life either next year or the year after um, and just try to save up as much as I can because my student loans are hanging heavy over my head and if I don't have a repair fund for the van and I'm on the road and something happens, you know, I'm definitely going to be in a bad spot. So (laughs) I also have some huge news about my van. I, well, my dad found a van, the van of my dreams. I have always wanted a 91 Westie. It is the last year they made the old Westies. It is the year with the best storage, in my opinion. Um, I love that body style. I love cruise control (laughs) and I love a good manual transmission. Um, But I grew up in the old style Vanagons from Volkswagen and It has just always been my dream to have my own with a pop top to live in. When I found Terra, which is a Volkswagen Eurovan camper, essentially the newer version of a Westie, she wasn't truly what I wanted, but I could afford it at the time and I wanted to get in a van as soon as possible and I thought if I didn't take the chance, I'm never going to find anything else and it was close enough to what I wanted and I wanted to be grateful for all of the opportunity that I have been given especially with those trail angels they're amazing um so I got her and I love her I really do but she's not what I always dreamed of she's not what I wanted I don't sit in her and feel like I'm at home and my dad brought home this other Westie and I just sat in it and it just felt like home and it was just amazing Never in my dreams did I think I would be able to find and or afford a van like that. So I will be buying that van off of my dad and I am selling Terra. So if you're interested in a Eurovan camper, she's listed on my Facebook page. I'll put the link in the description. Um, it is a 2000 Eurovan camper and she doesn't need any work, uh, which is pretty incredible. She's amazing. I really do love her, but she wasn't meant for me. I really don't want her to sit around for two years while I figure out what I'm doing with my life. I want someone to use her and love her and go camping. (laughs) So if you're interested in buying a camper van, let me know. She is decked out. (laughs) All right, that is all I have for you guys today. I am so happy you've tuned in to listen and you've stuck around this long. you our listeners are truly amazing fully funded this show i am so excited to keep bringing it to you and that there is that much support out there 
and I cannot wait to show you all the interviews I have left in store for you this season. Come back next week. I'll have an episode ready for you on Thursday as usual. See you soon. And now a word about social media and our sponsors. Our guest today was Shutterbug. You can find her on Instagram at shutterbug.hikes. You can find me at trailnamehere on Instagram, on facebook.com slash trailnamehere, and at trailnamehere.com. This episode was sponsored by Freiburg Motors, Mount Washington Valley's number one choice for European automotive sales and service. You can find them at 299 Main Street in Freiburg, Maine, on Facebook at Freiburg Motors, and on their website, freibergmotors.com. This episode was sponsored by listeners like you. Thank you. If you love the show and you want to donate, you can go to paypal.me slash trailnamehere and donate as little as a dollar to our show. If every listener donated just a dollar, this show is fully funded for a whole year. Thank you so much for listening and thanks for donating. If you want to support the show but you can't afford a donation, that's okay. You can rate the show, you can leave a review of the show, you can subscribe to the show, and you can share the show on social media or with your friends via text message or email. I'd love for you to share the show. It really helps us gain listeners and every share counts. Like, do you know the rumple blankets? Yeah. I just hung one in my closet around, like, where I am. <laughs> so I'm hoping... For, like, a soundboard or something. <laughs> yeah. This apartment's pretty noisy, so I'm just, like, not even sure. Uh, it's just, like... I've never had, like, central air and stuff, and you just can't control yeah. it. And it just, like... Yeah, so that's what I'm working with here. <laughs> <laughs>